0: Right, should we get into it? Let's, let's get into in it. We got our coffee, we're ready to go, and uh, Evan, l- let's welcome everybody to The Luck We Had, a Shameless Recap Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, my name's Amanda.
1: And I'm your other host, and my, my name is Evan. And How are you today, Amanda? I'm,
0: you know I'm doing good. I got up early today, and I went grocery shopping for my mom. Somebody bought something from my eBay, so I t- took it to the post office. Got myself some coffee. Oh, God, love my coffee. Look at
1: you. It's not even 30, and you've had a whole entire day. I've
0: had a whole fucking day. And now I'm going to spend the next couple hours with you recording this. <laughs> then I'm probably going to edit it just to get it done. We're doing it. We're moving right along. And the other... The other day, my dad moved our stuff that we're selling on eBay from our garage to our basement. So now I've got a whole, like, couch table setup area. So I've been powering through. If you need some Burger King toys from the <laughs> 1990s, hit a bitch up. I
1: was laughing at, like, the Happy Meal toys. Because <laughs> I remember my family never really collected the toys. But do you remember when McDonald's would always release those cups? Yeah. Like I had all the cups. Like I feel there was, we had all the Shrek ones when they came out. And and then I think there was, wasn't there like an, I feel like there was an Alvin and the Chipmunks one at some point. Probably
0: we had, uh, we had the plates. Do you remember the Hercules plates?
1: Yes. Yes. Oh my God. We
0: still have Hercules, Phil and Zeus, but the, and Meg, I think, but the Muses and uh, Pegasus broke. Like a few years oh,
1: ago. Damn. Yeah. all right. Why did Why did fast food restaurants give us like ceramics and glass?
0: <laughs> <laughs> i and like I, when I opened the thing up, I was like, "Oh, it's Happy Meal toys," because that's just like the first thing that came to my head. And then I was looking at all of them. No, apparently we're a Burger King family. I asked. I asked my mom, I "Was like, why do we have so many Burger King toys?" She's like, "You fucking loved Burger King." I don't know. <laughs> I feel
1: like I was definitely a McDonald's kid.
0: And there's this one figure, I was trying, like, I, I was picking them apart and identifying them, like, oh, that's Nickelodeon, that's Disney, that's Pokemon, that's this, that's that. And I picked a figure up, and I was like, is this, it looks like Iron Man, but it also looked like Doctor Strange, and I was like, what the fuck is this? And my sister's boyfriend was like, oh, I- there was actually a crossover, like, capped uh, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, like, comic, that's probably what that is. No, it's a Backstreet Boy. <laughs> uh- <laughs> Plot twist. Plot <laughs> twist, it's a Backstreet Boy in, like, a space suit.
1: I guess, yeah, it like, makes a lot of sense. I feel like Backstreet Boys, like, music videos and shit, they were so, like, like futuristic and shit like that, but... <laughs> what are the odds (laughs) like that's what you were given in a happy meal or whatever the only
0: reason i found that out is because i was telling one of our former guests asher that i like was going through burger king toys and he's like i have a backstreet boys vhs tape from burger king so i like went to look on ebay to see if it was worth anything and then i saw that figure i was like it's a fucking backstreet boy that figure i have so who knew i love it uh so yeah how how's your week been
1: It's been pretty good. Um, Today is my day off of work. So that means I didn't get out of my bed until 1130. (laughs) Um, So basically just chill in today, Uh, might run some errands. And then uh, I've been working a lot, obviously, since like COVID. And I know that's such a topic of me working my ass off during this pandemic. Uh, But it's nice to like still have a routine of a sense having a job. And like, I am grateful that I am able to work. But at the same time, like, everyone who also wants to have some more like fulfillment and more like kind of, I don't know the right words for it, but just they also want to do something because of COVID everyone wants to go to Starbucks. So like, even though like I, my job is great. It's just like, everyone's there at all times. Because it's one and, of like, the, like,
0: safe but social things you can do.
1: Yeah, like, a convenient cup of coffee. And, like, I get it because, obviously, I did the same thing even when I, like, wasn't working. And when, like, stay-at-home order was, like, I would, like, be like, I, I want some coffee. <laughs> and, like I-, like, I don't hate the people, but at the same time, I'm just, like, I'm tired. <laughs> But yes. I am grateful for my job and I'm grateful that a lot of my coworkers are also comfortable and safe enough that they think they can work. Yeah. Because I wouldn't be working if I didn't feel
0: safe. Um so yeah, we customer service is draining, but I'm glad that you have a day off. And let's yes. <laughs> let's get this recording done so you can enjoy your your nice peaceful day. But Evan, <laughs> it's our season finale. And I'm excited. It's our season finale. We are so happy for every single person that that listens to this podcast. We are so grateful for you. Very and, very grateful. Pl- and we we would love it if you would like this and and comment and subscribe and rate us and review us and share with your friends on every on every app you can. I, we're we're just so grateful to be here and to do this. And uh, like again, we're this isn't a job. We're not getting paid for this. We're this is a thing we do in our spare time because we enjoy it. And because um, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, and we're grateful that anybody at all listens. I'm sorry, to my very entire friends and family. That see me post about it on my Instagram every single day. Uh, I'm sorry about it. It's it's the outlet I have to tell you that I have a thing. So, thanks for listening to our thing, and let's get into the finale, shall we?
1: Let's do it.
0: So this is season one, episode twelve, Father Frank, full of grace, mm. and it aired.
1: wow. We love another Frank centric.
0: <laughs> yeah, again, we get it. We know Bill Macy was the name in the first season. It's the season finale,
1: so of course it gotta be about the big bucks.
0: Yeah, because he was barely even in the first episode. It aired on March 27th,
1: 2011. And we're not going to talk about how old we were.
0: (laughs) Nope, no we're not. Uh, We got through that last week, and that was traumatizing for uh, the older (laughs) of us. Um, It was written by Paul Abbott and John Wells, the two boys that wrote the first episode. And Paul Abbott was the originator of the UK series. And they're both credited with creating the US series like like collaboratively.
1: My head is totally broken, but did John Wells continuously work on with Shameless? Yeah. Like after season one he did? Okay. Oh
0: yeah, he's still actively like he's the one hosting the Zoom uh like table read and stuff. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Did you oh see- my god.
1: <laughs> Stop I was about to talk about the zoom call meeting. My favorite thing is that everyone looked normal and then me and my friend Sebastian were talking and we were like everyone's zoom calls look normal. But for some reason, Noel was outside, and then Cam made his fucking background for Zoom, like the Gallagher house from the outside, and I was laughing so hard. And
0: in that screenshot, they were the only two that weren't muted. So everybody's like, oh my god, Ian and Mickey get to speak to each other, and we were I like... didn't
1: even notice that. <laughs> Damn, I didn't even look that detailed into it.
0: The characters are married, and we're excited that there's a canon scene in which they're speaking to each other. Well,
1: Mickey and Ian speaking to each other never thought that would happen again. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
0: And everybody's like Cam's so method And Noel is a little bit method too Maybe He's outside And Cam's got the outside Of the Gallagher house Behind him Maybe it's a scene Outside the Gallagher house And like and Noel was wearing a baseball cap because he fucking knew we'd be checking what color his hair was. Yeah, no, that boy.
1: I, you, if you look at his eyebrows, you know they didn't do it yet. <laughs> he, he got no eyebrows in that photo. He's still blonde.
0: <laughs> oh yes, Noel without his Mickey hair is truly eyebrowless. It's like a drag like queen like, out of drag. He doesn't
1: look bad. He doesn't look bad with the blonde, but his blonde just looks like a na- not a natural blonde, and yeah. it's so confusing. Yeah, like even though like he does dye it, like. His ginger doesn't even look natural.
0: Like I said last week. you should just
1: become full Mickey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like the brunette on him. We're getting off track. Um, yes. <laughs> but that Zoom call happened. They're starting the table read. Thank God for Kermit and Tommy. Given us all the lowdown, um, literally
1: spilling the beans for us. Yeah,
0: they're starting to record in September, so long enough for the whole cast to quarantine. And like shows, like The Goldbergs are back now too. And like the actresses on the Go- the actors and actresses on The Goldbergs are like, yeah, we wear mare- we wear like triple masks and shields, and only get bussed to to a bus scene to scene, like, and everything's fine. And then in the show, they take everything off and they get like tested every day. So,
1: yeah, I'm glad that a lot of the shows who are in pre-production and stuff like that or are starting the filming or taking as many precautions because like i think we did talk about this last week it's just like disappointing to see that so many shows being canceled but then seeing other shows like going out of their way to like make sure their casts are okay and i'm just like i wonder where the line is of what shows are what shows matter more than other shows
0: yeah um but yeah so this episode, written by Paul Abbott and John Wells, the creators of the series, makes sense that they would write the season finale of season one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they had been picked up for season two at this point, so like I don't know if they were like trying to wrap things up or trying to leave things on a cliffhanger. But we got ten season, we got eleven seasons, uh, ele- the eleventh forthcoming. So this episode was directed by Mark Mylod. Uh, we just discussed him in episode nine that he directed. He also directed the pilot. He's done a total of 12 Shameless episodes through 2018. He also directed the pilot of Episodes 4 and 5 and Episodes 4 and 5 of the British Shameless, so he and Paul Abbott must be old friends. He also directed Secession, Entourage, United States of Terror, and six episodes of Game of Thrones. We've talked about him before. All right, buckle up, kids. This one, it moves at a clip. This one moves yeah. fast. So the synopsis of this one, it picks up immediately after Episode 11 ends. Like, it's a, it's an immediate pickup. Steve tries to convince Fiona to skip town with him while she's trying to get Lip and Ian out of jail. Frank and Karen's secret is revealed, forcing Frank to go into hiding. And then the previously on is done by Frank. Because it's the finale,
1: of course he needs to be there.
0: Yes. We get reminded that Debbie knows who Jimmy is, that Jasmine is is a woman from school who is absolutely hitting on Fiona and has offered her a job working with her husband. Tony is a jealous asshole who threatened Steve with leaving town or going to prison for getting caught for stealing cars. Lame. Tony thought he was pulling over Steve, but actually pulled over Ian and Lip in one of Steve's stolen cars and arrested them. Can't, because other officers were with him, so he had to.
1: Yeah, the one time we see more cops than just Tony.
0: <laughs> Karen and her dad had a blow up at the purity ball. She went all goth and sexually assaulted Frank and streamed it on her website, basically the 2011 version of OnlyFans.
1: <laughs> Honestly, yeah, queen of having her own domain.
0: So that's what happened last week, and this week opens immediately after last week ended. So we opened on Frank. He is asleep on the in on the basement floor of Sheila's house. He's waking up from all of the painkillers he took while Karen assaulted him mere hours ago. And that's it. He wakes up, he sees the panties, he's stumbling around. That's the whole first scene. Yeah. And then we go over to the local precinct, where Debbie, Fiona, and Jasmine are waiting in the lobby to hear about Ian and Lip. And we get an age! Uh, We find out that Lip is 17 and may get charged as an adult for Grand Theft Auto. God damn. Yeah.
1: Tony, you done fucked up.
0: Yeah. Tony says that Lip and Ian have to give up the name of the person who gave them the car, or Lip could do five years for Grand Theft Auto. Mm. Because neither of them have priors, but Lip has been like, he's got like, not misdemeanors, but he's got, the police know who he is for like, shop.
1: All the police know who the fucking Gallagher's are. Yeah. And the fact that like, at this point, like, it's obviously like Tony realized that they got the car because he recognized the plates or like the model of the car or whatever and like man's like already gave steve the ultimatum like what else are they gonna do with like if lip does honestly like give up the name like what more can tony do
0: yeah so that's at
1: this point steve's name isn't steve's name so like how they even fucking find the guy in the system if they gave up the name
0: I can't wait for other characters to find out that his name is Jimmy, because when they all start calling him Jimmy Steve is when I truly just ascend to the heavens.
1: Yeah, yeah, the Jimmy Steve, like, honestly, I prefer calling him two names instead of one name. Like, it's just funny, (laughs) like, Jimmy Steve. Like, it it flows so nice, and I spent, like, five years, like, no, like, like, spoiler alert, um... We get a third name uh, a little more into the season, so there was a time where we—I called him three different names.
0: And like we've now adjusted to it since we've done a whole season of this. But in the first few episodes of this <laughs> podcast, I would have—I would say Jimmy Steve—and have to stop and go back and restart my sentence, so I can edit <laughs> out saying Jimmy Steve instead of Steve. Ah. Uh, uh, so yeah, so I'm excited for that. But then we go. Oh. Then it
1: just—it's just like. Almost them, like, shitting on him. Just being like, Jimmy Steve. And you can tell every time they say it to him, he's just, like, a little more defeated. And I'm like, good, you deserve it.
0: (laughs) And then we go over to the boys, uh, Ian and Lip. They're handcuffed to a bench in the precinct. Ian looks fucking terrified. And he says if they get convicted, he can't enlist in the Marines, which is what he wants to do. And Lip, Uh, uh, God love him, says, uh, good, I was going to kneecap you in your sleep to keep you out of war anyway."
1: freaking Ian and his whole military like boy
0: (laughs) I love Lip for that I love him he's like good I'm glad you won't be able to enlist I was going to make sure that you couldn't go anyway so
1: (laughs) (laughs) we love a big older brother
0: I love him and then uh, a detective comes over because there is apparently one cop in the in the precinct that isn't Tony Uh, detective comes over and says wow you guys are you're Frank's kids and it took you a whole 17 years to get arrested that's fucking (laughs) crazy and the tech, the, he tries to put pressure on them, he tries to get them to rat, and he tells Ian, come on kid, you don't want to do time, not with that face. And like, oh. true, um, spoiler alert, for, foreshadow, <laughs> little foreshadow, foreshadowing, foreshadow. <laughs> Um, and I put a note, yeah, but if he went to Juvie right now, he'd have a super protective kind of boyfriend that would help him inside, so, he'd be fine. But
1: isn't his boyfriend on crutches right now? <laughs>
0: That's just a weapon. It's fine. That's <laughs> just a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Ian would be cool. Ian, Ian would be fine. But uh, they're both worried. So Lip confesses to stealing the car and says Ian didn't know anything about it. So, like, Lip is laying himself down for, for yeah, Ian. Yeah,
1: Lip just doesn't care. I love him.
0: He, 'Cause he's such a good person. He's a good brother and he's a good person. And he's like, this could ruin Ian's life.
1: And like he's the one who dragged Ian out to go fucking try to meet his dad and shit like this. So like even though like let's being a nice brother being like, it was me. Like, yeah, it was you. It is <laughs> your fault.
0: But like I like that he was willing to to take the bullet for him, which is nice. It's why I love this relationship so much. Yeah. We go from that over to the alibi. Frank walks in during last call and immediately starts getting plastered because he is remembering what just happened. And then Uh. he casually asks Kev what the age of consent in Illinois is. (laughs) Let's have a discussion. Uh. Let's have a discussion. We started it a little bit last week. Here's my thing. I know that Karen is in a bad headspace. I know Mm. that Karen was emotionally compromised. I know that Karen also took the oxy. Mm
1: Mm-hmm
0: right before the assault. And I know that Karen is the minor in the situation. I know this. I acknowledge this. I know that Frank is a bad person, Mm -hmm. but I also know Frank was obliterated on, like he could barely stand up walking into the house and actively said no and now woke up on the floor because he couldn't really remember what happened. That is why I believe that Frank was not entirely in the wrong. Until he starts opening his mouth and speaking in this episode, I start to turn against him. Yeah. But I I believe that he was... It's a complicated situation. I don't want to, like, lay blame on Karen for things, but she shouldn't have done that.
1: Yeah, especially with this show. Like, you obviously can't expect the best from the people, and more than not, you are expecting the worst of these people. And, like... I feel like it's pretty broad that like even though Frank's a horrible person, I it would have I don't think it would have ever gotten to the level with him in that circumstance without the layered with like, the layered storyline for that initial scene to happen. Like obviously, there's so much more depth on to what like initiated that like really overwhelming moment between the two of them, but then you realize that everyone's an asshole so then you really can't care anymore yeah
0: so like like i said he's gonna open his mouth and start talking and the things that he says in this episode are going to make me actively root against him
1: yeah like i feel bad for both of the persons in the situation but one outweighs the other
0: yes uh so yeah so frank asked kev what the age of consent in illinois is Kev gets a look on his face because Kev's like, oh, why the fuck would you be yeah. asking that question? Yeah,
1: Frank, why are you asking that? You are like 67 years old. Yeah,
0: but we don't get more on that. He's like, honestly, probably maybe 50
1: in this. Yeah, uh, no, I, Bale Macy is, he's old, but like when season one started, he had to be like maybe late 40s, early 50s, but man's, man's, like no shade to Bill Macy, but man's not age well.
0: We go from that scene, Fiona panic calls Jimmy Steve from the stairwell of the precinct and leaves him what we assume is not her first message about Ian and Lip getting arrested. And she's like, I know that they, they got arrested in a stolen car. You must have given them the stolen... Like, she knows what the fuck happened. And he is not answering her calls, not returning her calls, because he's trying to listen to what Tony said and get the fuck out of town, or he would get arrested. Yeah. So we, so she is losing her mind at this precinct, facing down this charge for her brothers, and, Lip, and Jimmy Steve is not answering the goddamn phone.
1: Yeah, he is nowhere to be found. But, He's there every time they don't want him, but then the one time they need him, where he be?
0: Well, this is where he be. He goes into a car shop where he arrives all bloody, fresh from the beating that Tony just gave him, and he finds out that Lip and Ian never dropped off that car where they were supposed to drop off that car. And his buddy is like, I needed that fucking car for this thing. And it's a whole it's a whole scenario where he realizes, oh shit, something happened with the car and with the kids. Where the fuck is it? Yeah. And we go back to the precinct where Ian and Lip are getting processed. And because we, we saw Steve dial a phone and we zoom over to the precinct. And in an evidence bag is Lip's phone ringing because Steve is calling him. <sighs> and then in another portion of the precinct in the lobby, Jasmine says it's almost one in the morning. And she has to leave before her husband thinks she's having an affair, even though he saw her in the dance with Fiona when Fiona got the call. So he knows that she is with Fiona at, the... she's just suggesting that she wants to fuck Fiona. That's what that yeah, that's
1: for. just her being like, Oh, <laughs> wink, wink. Like girl uh, uh-uh, ain't going to happen.
0: Cause like we totally could, if you wanted to, um, just putting that out there. <laughs> that's the vibe we're getting from Jasmine today. That's the
1: vibe we get from Jasmine
0: every day. <laughs> So she offers to take Fiona home and then she offers to watch Debbie uh like take take Debbie home and watch Debbie but both of the Gallagher girls decide to stay at the precinct and wait until they get word. So Carl and Liam, where are they?
1: Yeah, where where are they? <laughs> we find out
0: later in the episode V didn't even know any of this was happening. So is Carl just at home with Liam? Was Carl not at the school dance? Wait, where are Carl and Liam?
1: where are Carl Liam
0: or we're we're just not going to talk about it and we're just going to move on. I guess I guess we're just not going to talk about it. Uh, we get a time lapse moment where uh, we get a time lapse moment of the precinct of watching Debbie and Fiona in the in the lobby and like I really like it
1: scene because and I really like that scene because it's just like them like it's like Debbie, like, laying in, like, Fiona's lap and them sitting on the benches, and it's just, like, all the people walking past them. and Like, it's a real- I really like it. It looks really cool.
0: I enjoy it. Yeah, it was a nice visual moment for, for this episode, and it's a nice way to speed up what the, what's going on.
1: Yeah, just how long they were fucking there and, like, dealing with that shit. Because
0: for this episode, we're acknowledging that time is real, I guess.
1: Yeah, I guess. And then we actually get an age. Like, what is this season finale?
0: <laughs> and then we're with Frank. He is asleep in the snow outside Sheila's house, like, on her lawn. And she comes outside, all wrapped in a parka and an adorable hat, and wakes Frank up with a cup of coffee in her hand.
1: She's so fucking cute. She's I love a, her.
0: She's outside again. And we and that's the first thing. Frank wakes up, and he goes, you're outside. Like, he's like, he's, oh, shit, she's outside. And we learn she's up to 13 steps out of the house. We love that for her. We love her. She's
1: trying so hard.
0: Ugh. <sighs> I love Sheila so much. And she takes Frank inside to have a bath. Where does she think he was? What does she think he was doing? Why did she think he was yeah, asleep?
1: I guess, like, what? He got blacked out from the alibi and then tried to go back to their house and then just passed down the snow.
0: Yeah. But she takes Frank inside to get him cleaned up. And then we're over at the Gallagher house. We're in the Gallagher kitchen. V has come over and Fiona is filling her in on what happened last night with Ian and Lip. And... V says that they need to get a real ass lawyer, and Ethel, who is there, agrees. She ah, says,
1: there's Ethel, we missed you.
0: <laughs> Ethel says her husband had a public defender that she thinks did a bad job by making him plead guilty to child molestation and sexual abuse.
1: And the scene goes silent. <laughs> they all just are like,
0: oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because, in the words of John Mullaney, we don't have time to unpack all of that. Everyone at the kitchen table just kind of takes a moment, looks at each other, and decides not to acknowledge it and moves on Mm -hmm. with the conversation. Poor Ethel. We need more time with Ethel.
1: I love her so much.
0: So Fiona says the judge might just release Ian to her because he has no priors and that Lip might get charged as an adult because of all of his minor infractions. V asks if Fiona has heard from Steve and Fiona gets super angry and storms over to the house he bought. And bangs on the door and calls his name, and he's not fucking answering.
1: Like, love her, but, like, why would she think he's just at the house?
0: Yeah, right? <laughs> like, girl, he ain't picking up any other time. He's
1: not just, like, hoarding himself in that household. Yeah.
0: And then we go over to the precinct again, where there Steve is. He's coming in with, like, a hood on, and he's, like, trying to sneak in. And he's coming in to check on Ian and Lip, and he asks the guy at the at the counter about Ian and Lip. And we find out there's no bail They haven't been arraigned yet, and they will be in court either today or tomorrow. So so Steve found out, listened to the messages, I guess, found out they're in prison, and is like, oh, fuck. Because he knows this is his fault.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And honestly, you know what good on him? He was told by Tony, get out of town, or I will arrest you. And then he finds out that Ian and Lip are arrested for fencing a car for him. So he's like, I can't leave town with them in prison. Yeah,
1: man's literally shows up to the police station where he's not supposed to be, being like, "Hey, do you know what these kids are?" Yeah.
0: So, like, that's that's a point in a, in the Steve column. Steve's like trying yeah. to trying to fix things here, which is good.
1: He doesn't have many, but he gets that one. Mm-hmm.
0: And then we go over to Sheila's house. Sheila is really worried about Karen, and she's really worried that Karen is going to make some sort of terrible mistake while she is in this heightened.
1: Ooh. 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 Oops, sorry, Sheila, a little too late.
0: (laughs) Karen comes downstairs from her room, and Sheila tries to talk to her, but she's ignored. Karen just storms straight back down to the basement. That's where Karen is hiding now. And then we're over at the Lishman house. Debbie storms up to the front door again, and Jimmy Steve's mom answers again. And she's like, well, uh, are you selling any more cookies?
1: I love his mom.
0: She's She's super fun. Until season three, I'm a fan of her. Debbie drops the bomb on Jimmy's mom. She's like, you know what? Fuck this. He's not in <laughs> med school. He is in the South Side going by the name of Steve, and he's fucking my sister. Uh, anyway, goodbye. I love her. <laughs> she spills the beans, and we just cut from that bomb over to Karen's house, where Frank walks in on Karen, who is sitting on the toilet. <laughs> Frank tells Karen they cannot sleep together again because he doesn't want to do that to Lip. And he doesn't that's want to hurt like, his son like that, and he, but he'll still be a father figure to her.
1: Like that's so nice, but also like what are the odds of this circumstance to be in?
0: Like it's, it's weird because he starts the conversation with talking about how great the sex was, which is, was weird. Mm. But like it's, I don't know. It seemed like a, a moment of genuine, maybe rock bottomness for Frank, where he like realized that he could have hurt Sheila he realized that he could go to jail for having sex with a minor. He realized that he could hurt lips like this it's a weird dichotomy that he is playing in this episode.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because he starts saying and doing shitty things later in the episode, but he also seems to have genuine remorse. Yeah. For a bad thing that he's done which we don't see from Frank a lot.
1: Yeah. Like he I like not more so like I feel like a lot of like Frank's things are like really externally handled with but like this situation seemed like it definitely rocked him but obviously like i don't really think they really touch on this subject that much past this episode i don't think right like it's not really that brought up again and he, so like it's just weird him him being like oh bad idea and then him being like luck your boobs like boy <laughs> make up your mind
0: yeah yeah i guess the the title the episode title father frank full of grace it's like him Sort of showing that he could moderately be an okay person if if he put his effort into it.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, like, Frank has this whole image and he can't be like, I'm sorry. Yeah. He has to be like, I don't care.
0: And it's a complicated situation and she isn't saying much and we don't know really where her head's at. She's super fucked up right now. Shit is fucked. But he's, so he basically agrees with her. She doesn't say anything. But he basically agrees with her. They're never going to do it again. They're never going to talk about it again. But he'll still be here to like help her drive or whatever. And yeah. he doesn't want to hurt Lip and everything can go back to normal. Okay. What? Okay.
1: Okay, Frank. <laughs> yeah.
0: And so then we cut away from that. Jimmy Steve is dropping off one last car to his business partner. I guess he found a similar one to the one that Ian and Lip were arrested in and drops it off. And he tries to, it's the wrong color, but he's like, so fucking paint it. And he tries to cash out ASAP. He's like, "Give me the money you owe me. I need it. I need it right, right now." And the guy's like, "I can give you half, and you can come back tonight and get the other half." And Jimmy Steve is like, seems torn about it, but he's like, "Ah, he needs to get the fuck out of town, but he also yeah. needs the money to get the boys out of prison." So it's a whole. It's a Steve is losing it. He's losing his mind right now. But we go over to the station again. So Tony is trying to walk back the arrest he that he made on the boys.
1: He made a, he made a, oops. He's,
0: he's, like, talking to the arresting officer, trying to get the arresting officer to, like, to drop the charges. And we learn, the guy refers to Tony as his last name, like cops do. Tony's last name is Markovich.
1: Thanks, shameless writers.
0: You guys put zero effort into creating two separate last names from both Mickey and Tony.
1: Like, the odds of, like, the last, like, five, six letters, like, Bruh. <laughs> they changed two letters. Markovich.
0: They changed two letters. The the IL got changed to an AR. His name is Markovich. Markovich. Fucking stupid. Stupid.
1: That's, it's the fucking Walmart Mickey.
0: <laughs> Walmart Mickey, I love that. Oh, yes. And that, that, like, it was a little, like, just. Last name drop, but it fucking grinds my gears, man. It it bothers me. Like, who me. knows
1: if it will ever be intentional or the writers just don't have that many words in their brain. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so Tony offers to the the arresting officer, he would be on Ian and Lip's asses if if if, if they get law off with a warning. He's like, I'll make sure they never fucking jaywalk. Just please, please let them out. And his boss says that the boys have to snitch or they're going to do time. And Tony's like, They're fucking Southside. They're never gonna snitch. It's not gonna mm-hmm. happen. So Tony tries to bribe his boss with Bears tickets. Football?
1: Yeah, it's the Chicago Bears. Okay.
0: dub Bears. Right. Thank you, Or, Saturday like, I think,
1: right? actually, I think it's the Chicago Cubs. That's baseball. I don't know sport That's baseball. That's okay, baseball. then, yeah, you're, it might be, I don't know. I don't know sports.
0: <laughs> so Tony bribes his boss with Bears season tickets, preseason, postseason, practice, whatever the fuck he... And like it works. The guy's like, "Okay, yeah, give me the ticket." Let Bears me just tickets. point out
1: that that he is a cop on the South Side of Chicago, and he makes enough money to be able to have like basically like seasons tickets.
0: There, it might be it's some some families like just have them in the family forever, and like I don't know, it, it's I'm yeah,
1: I so, yeah, for. you're probably right. I just don't didn't grow up with a family that that cared that much about sports. It could be <laughs> shitty
0: seats too. They could be like nosebleed, the the lowest pricing you could get. But, yeah. So we, the guy agrees for the bears. I'm tickets. so surprised.
1: Of course, it's Southside, so of course bribery works. <laughs> yeah.
0: So it works, and we know it works because we cut to Fiona, the kids, V, and Kev outside the precinct waiting as the boys get released, and they get let out. Lip looks like he throws up the peace sign. He looks super chill about everything. Ian looks <laughs> like he's been having a panic attack for twelve hours.
1: Yeah, Ian does not look like Ian looks rough.
0: <laughs> Ian looks fucking frazzled. Um, and Fiona is relieved, obviously. She comes over, she hugs them both, and then she punches them in the chest, and then she hugs <laughs> them again. I love her. she's a mom. She's like, I'm glad you're safe, but go fuck yourself.
1: Yeah, like, fuck you guys for getting yourself in this scenario.
0: Yeah. But then they all hug. There's a big group hug. Kev throws his big bear arms around everybody. <laughs> it's great. And then we go back to the Gallagher house again. And all the boys are in their room. Uh, Lip is trying to get in touch with Karen, but she's not answering her phone. And Carl is asking them questions about prison. And Ian's like, We were handcuffed to a bench, Carl. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Carl is always there with the questions about prison, and that is a consistent character trait. So Fiona comes in with clean towels and tells them to shower. And Lip offers to go first and she kicks Carl out to like go set the table for dinner or whatever. So it leaves her and Ian in the room alone. Because I think she's like whatevering about Lip and she can't, she doesn't have time to deal with Carl, but she's like I think she's a little bit disappointed in Ian to, like, what the what the fuck you got caught doing this? What the fuck? So she sits him down and she gives him the don't you ever do that again talk. And she tries to get him to admit that the car was from Steve. And he doesn't answer, which answers her question. Yeah. And so she gets up to leave the room. But right before she leaves, he's,
1: <sighs> he stops say-
0: and tells her that he's gay. And she like sort of drops her shoulder from the ang from angry to concerned or from angry to just soft. And she takes a minute and then she's like, I know. You're still on my shit list though. Like (laughs) it's so sweet and we linger on a shot of him too, like smiling in relief because now this thing he doesn't have to hide this thing from her anymore, even though I guess it wasn't working in the first place. He doesn't have to hide this thing from her anymore and nothing has changed. Yeah,
1: like it like I understand, like obviously like coming from my own perspective with like coming out and stuff like that like even though like you might have those people in your corner and you know they'll love you like it's still like such a scary thing to tell someone and especially like obviously times are different now so it's a little more easier in a sense but like 2011 like I feel like that's almost like prime time like oh you're gay like but it just it it really shows that like even though he was gay, like no one gave gave a shit. Like they're like, okay, I still love you, but you're still a fucking idiot, and don't do that ever again. Yeah, it was <laughs> like hand- it's not like like it's not like she needs to baby him now, or almost like kind of like be uh, like training wheels with Ian. It's just like, okay, that's a fact about you. Don't get your fucking self arrested again, dumbass.
0: That's one thing I will credit the show a lot for. Not only with um the fact that Cam and Emmy like they had that they have that scene in the first episode where she says you're more like Monica than you know where he says like the, like there's that moment that they have with him like throwing paper into Frank's mouth in the first episode and then there's mm. this moment in the in the finale episode where he finally comes out to her and and yeah it's it's a thing the show does really well she's like okay you're gay and like she nothing has changed she doesn't treat him any different and like Ian is a character Ian and Mickey are both characters that happen to be gay like they are this this and that oh and they're also gay
1: Mm-hmm. And it's not
0: like they're not yes queen. They're not like they're not a caricature of a yeah. gay person, which is one thing I will give this show. They're one. They're they're cis. They're cis white men that are that are gay people, but they're also just yeah. people who and yeah. like Mickey says it brilliantly in a future. Sorry, spoiler alert in a future episode he's like he's gay I just like having another man's dick in my ass like it's
1: yeah it's Just the thing was, about it. there was another one uh like obviously spoiler from, from like season uh 10 it was like it was between him and his father and it was like you sure love dick and he was like yeah well I sure love one and I was just like ah <laughs> uh, he writes okay <laughs> right but no I agree with you in a sense uh because like realistically when you think about like gay representation in media like not to put a box around it like it's almost like the gay character is almost the stereotyped gay gay character the more flamboyant jack the more hummel
0: uh that the guys from modern family like
1: yeah just like the more like petite uh scrawny uh have a higher voice or are into more like not feminine things but more like non-traditional male like things in a sense because like even though like things are not gendered we're in a society where things are really boxed in and like even though like Mickey and Ian a lot of their storyline was about them being gay it wasn't about them oh i love dick it was more like these two boys in the south side are gay and they're surrounded by people who maybe don't accept that shit and they're they just have each other and like that's i think where the more emotional connection with them came it comes in than like other gay characters because like these are real people these aren't just like some little like fancy smashy theater kids who are having drama like these are these two boys who have a lot of mental illnesses and like have a lot of things going on in their life and it was handled sometimes well <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. and <laughs> but, like, even outside of their like other like issues and storylines the like gay issues that Ian and Mickey come across in future seasons isn't like they can't wear nail polish to school or something it's my father will murder me if he finds out like yeah. that, <laughs> those are the real life issues that they deal with but yeah, anyway or
1: like in high school when like you get called gay by like a football member. It's like, no, these boys would literally get murdered by his new father in law. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um so yeah, I I and I just really like this moment. Cam and Emmy, Ian and Fiona, they always they get little pockets of just great just just moments with each other and I think it's really good. Uh, she's in. Sorry, um, spoiler alert again. This is I. You know what? I've given up on saying that we're not going to talk about future stuff. We're just we just are. Um, Spoilers all time. Yeah, and like, f- he's the last sibling that she talks to before she leaves. She goes to him to get her blessing. Well, yeah, the plane, oh yeah. Because she, gets, she on the
1: gets like she like asks him, and he he's just like, go do it, and she's yeah. like, shit, you right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's a great scene. And then we go over to Karen's house. She is in the basement listening to terrible music again and editing the footage of her having sex with Frank. And then she emails it to someone. But before we find out who, uh, so she's distributing child pornography just to, just to be clear. Yeah. Just to be clear. yeah
1: thanks Karen. <laughs>
0: she's distributing child pornography. Um, we, we don't know if she's 18, but, but Lip is 17. So we're, we are so we to assume, assume they're the 17. same age, same yeah. grade. Uh, but before we find out who she emailed it to, we join Frank. He is drunkenly rambling at the bar. And Kev tells him that Ian and Lip were released. And this motherfucker's like, released from where? He didn't even know his, his sons were, or his one son and Ian were in jail.
1: He and then know. here cues the start of frank talking that makes me regret anything nice i have ever said to him yes
0: frank says that kev must struggle with temptation all the time now with having that 13 year old temptress in his house and Uh, kev looks like he wants to punch frank in the jaw and i agree and
1: he should (laughs) have
0: kev cannot stand to listen to this bullshit about him being attracted to his 13-year-old foster child. Because, first of all, Kev joined the foster system so that he could be a better foster parent, unlike the shitty foster parents that he had that probably had those thoughts. Just saying.
1: Yeah, like, Kev literally, like, came from the worst and is trying to be the best. Like, be a Kev.
0: Be a Kev, not a Frank. Kev, he can't stand it. He's he's getting visually angry, and Steve Howey does a great way of showing that in this scene. And Tommy starts to agree with, like, we never said Tommy was a good person. We said Tommy gives us behind-the-scenes information, and that's why we like him, just to be clear. Um, Because Tommy starts to agree with Frank and says his niece dresses too provocatively and that he has banged hookers that look more innocent.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Tommy. Mm -hmm.
0: Kev calls them perverts and takes their beer away. (laughs) Good. Good for you. The only grown man I respect this season. And Frank keeps fucking rambling at, about how hard it is to have a sex drive and not fuck a child. I, he and Cash should go be friends, I guess. I, I don't know.
1: Mm-mm.
0: Thankfully, there is no Cash in this episode. Just a little celebration for that. Uh, okay. And then we cut over to Tony and his partner driving in their cruiser, talking about how Tony got the boys off by offering up his season tickets. And he calls Fiona the only pussy he's ever had.
1: That's not something to flaunt, bitch. You were a virgin up until you met her, and now she doesn't want anything to do with you. And you're like, yeah, the only pussy I ever had, bitch. That's don't feel good about yourself. <laughs> she's also, she's a person.
0: She's a person. Thank she's literally
1: you. Literally a person. Can we
0: talk about women that like they're you people? fucked
1: once in your cop cruiser outside a child's organization? And so let's be Tony. Real.
0: Let's be real, she fucked you. She was doing all the work in that situation. Be real about that. And they pull over a guy on a motorcycle who is driving recklessly. And I wonder who it could be. Oh, it's Steve.
1: Oh, what are the odds?
0: Steve finds a cruiser in, in the south side. So he's like, oh, it's the only cop that drives around the south side. It's Tony. So I'm going to get pulled over by him. Steve still, he doesn't know Ian and Ian and Lip got let out. He still thinks the boys are in jail and he is desperate to get them out of jail. And he asks Tony to get them off, and Tony lets him keep believing that they're in prison. And that's
1: this is where I start to dislike Tony. Like obviously we know his feelings about Steve and Fiona. But Mans is just like making this guy go crazy. Like the fact that he doesn't even let him know that he already got him off and stuff like that. Like, goddamn.
0: And in his desperation to get Ian and Lip out of prison, Steve offers to give Tony his house. You have to give him his fucking house that he just bought for him and Fiona. And Tony, the little bastard that he is. A freak. Says, yeah, I'll take the house, but you still have to leave town. And then I'll get the boys out. Fuck you, Tony.
1: Yeah.
0: cab. fuck you. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Oh my god, I hate him. Accurate representation of the manipulative pieces of shit that are police officers, but fuck you. Anyway, so Steve has just offered to give Tony... His, I'm sure there's paperwork they have to sign or something. I don't know. It's
1: more complicated. They're never going to deal with it, so we just got to let that let that go to the
0: side. <laughs> Zipping right along. We're back at the Gallagher house, and we're about to have a passive-aggressive best friend bitch fight.
1: Uh, this fight is so dumb, but also at the same time, like, goddamn.
0: <laughs> and it's, like, not even a fight. It's those. It's those smiles and those looks and that tone of voice that, like, V wants to rip Jasmine's throat out and I love that for her. So I when you see somebody calling your best friend their best friend, um we're going to fight. We're going to fight. So Jasmine oh, yeah. Jasmine's at the house. She is helping Fiona cook. They're making stir fry. And V comes over with uh like meat sauce cuz she thought they were making pasta. And she comes in with her offerings for the meal and they're like, "Oh, uh cool." I mean, there's hungry boys in the house. We can... It's always good to have more food. And V feels the passive-aggressive rich bitchness in that. Jasmine meets V. V immediately hates the vibe of her. She hates it. She does not like how familiar this woman is acting with Fiona. And she knows for a fact they only met a few days ago. Carl asks Fiona what she's gonna do to Ian and Lip, how she's gonna punish them. And uh, she's like, I'm not going to, whatever. And he's like, wait, so if I stole a car i won't get punished she's like you steal a car i'm gonna smother you in your sleep just so you know i love her full mom mode so then debbie in the middle of all of this debbie's like this is a good time to bring this up debbie tries to talk to fiona about the whole jimmy steve situation and fiona's like can we like talk later i'm busy she's making dinner they all sit down to dinner or they're, no they are still making dinner and jasmine raises a glass of her wine and gives a toast to the boys for the boys getting out. And Fiona even lets Debbie have a little bit of wine from her, from her wine. uh, V brought over boxed wine and now out of principle, we'll only be drinking her boxed wine. (laughs) V fucking hates this woman. And the Shinola, just her radiating it from her face. The get the fuck out of this houseness is really good. And Jasmine's making herself a little too comfortable in this house. She's never been in before with this woman. She met three days ago. So it's a little much yeah so lip uh, they make that toast and then lip rushes in and out the back door on his way to meet karen and jasmine like says hello to him in a really weird way she's never laid eyes on him because i guess he was already arrested when they got there and she sees him leave and then tells fiona it's kind of cute that's her 17 year old brother Sir, her, her 17-year-old
1: brother. Her <laughs> 17-year-old brother.
0: You're a grown woman with three children. That is a 17-year-old boy. Uh, fuck you. So Jasmine tells Fiona they could still use some help at her husband's office. Yeah, because you offered her the job yesterday. Of course you could still use help. And she's like, if Fiona's still interested in the job, she can come by the office tonight to talk about it. And between the non-boxed wine and the flirty nature of the job offer, V is radiating. V can't stand this. uh uh-huh. And we cut away from that very tense scene over to Karen's basement. Again. I hate that basement. Lip is letting himself into the basement and she is sitting sad and alone in the corner of this room that has now spray-painted the word whore all over the walls.
1: Ugh, oh, Karen's going through with it. Poor girl. So,
0: so Lip goes in and sits with her and apologizes for yesterday when he called her a whore again jokingly he thought it was an inside thing and that he he apologizes and they get close and then there's a hard cut to them just now they're in the middle of sex yeah <laughs> and while they're having sex he says i love you and karen starts to cry and it's heartbreaking it's 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 heartbreaking to watch and then he.
1: It's like it almost feels like like a super vulnerable scene
0: it is it's a, it's like, a really vulnerable scene for both of them
1: yeah, even like not e- like out of every other scene between not even more so like the between the two of them. It's just I feel like we've had so many like less emotional interactions with specifically the two of them. And it like been more like friends with benefits the entire season so far. And then them just to have that. That's just it's kind of like a punch to the face. And you're just like, ow. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, because like he much like Ian looked like he was wrecked. Lip was Lip was shaken of over getting arrested and his first thought was I have to call and make up with Karen and fix things with Karen. And he cuz he loves her and she is just so fucked up and she knows what she did last night and she's she's just a wreck. And so they there's another cut. They finish they're getting dressed. He tells her he was in prison and she breaks up with him.
1: Uh, Karen.
0: And he thinks it's because he said I love you during sex, so he desperately tries to take it back. And he, he's desperate to not get his heart smashed by this woman. who She clearly needs some help, and he is clearly so attached to her. And he grabs her by... Uh, Jeremy Allen White just killed it in this scene. Yeah. He grabs her by the face. like, I promise, I promise I don't love you. I promise I don't love you. And, like, oh, God, it just hurts. It, yeah, like... Uh... Like,
1: (laughs) I don't even know how to talk about it. Because, like, it just, because Mandy, he loves her. But, like, obviously, that was not the time to say that.
0: (laughs) That was not the time to say that. So after that, just, it breaks you in half. We go back to the Gallagher kitchen, and Lip comes storming in. He trashes his room, and Ian comes in to check on him. And Lip tells Ian that Karen dumped him. And Ian says that she was kind of a slut. He's like trying okay. to—he's trying to bring his brother back from the brink, and Lip says that he is also a slut, so he never he, he never held mm. her slutness against her, and then he says he was kind of falling in love with her, and they just sort of have a moment with each other.
1: Mm. Um.
0: Anyway, anyway, from that to <sighs> Eddie, Karen's dad is walking into work.
1: Um, mm-hmm. mm. I think
0: <laughs> I, he, I don't want to talk about the
1: scene.
0: <laughs> I think he's a bus driver, so it's his office at the bus depot. And he sits down at his office, in his office to check his email. His email. Remember 10 minutes ago when Karen emailed something to someone?
1: That's uh, right. Uh, Karen, all I want to do, like, I don't want to talk about the screen. I want to scream for 30 seconds and ignore that this is going to happen.
0: <laughs> Karen emailed her father the video of her fucking Frank. From the, the username Daddy's Girl. So, like, he sits down and he watches it and it just looks like two people having sex. And then she turns around to the camera and he realizes it's his daughter and Frank.
1: Mm.
0: Um, so a hard cut from that, uh, Frank and Sheila are having dessert. She is worried about Karen. Karen missed dinner without calling. She thinks about buying Karen a car And tells Frank she has $12,000 saved. Never tell that man how much money you have.
1: (laughs) That man's ears perked up.
0: (laughs) So, of course, Frank says Sheila should give him the money. And he'll go buy Karen the car. Sure. Sure he will. Don't give him that money.
1: Nope, he does not deserve it.
0: And then there's a loud knock at the door. And he comes busting He, like, hits the door in onto Sheila. It's Karen's dad. He, like, rips the door off its hinges. Storm's in the house, chases Frank out the back, a parallel to the way he chased Lip and Ian in the first episode, by the way. (laughs) And so, like, he's found Frank. He's chasing Frank. There is is a pursuit underway.
1: Yeah, no, he's on a mission.
0: Yeah. And then we go back to the Gallagher house. Debbie comes into Fiona's room. That's right, boys, it's time for beans. We're going to spill some.
1: We're going to hear it all.
0: Debbie says there are things Fiona doesn't know about Steve. Super cryptic. Fiona says she does know because she thinks Debbie means the cars. But, of course, they talk about it in a super vague way, and Debbie doesn't go, wait, so that you know his name is Jimmy and that he's lying about his family. Everything. And no. She just, I know about him. And Fiona assures Debbie that grown-ups have things, the grown-ups have things covered, and everything, everybody that needs to know what they need to know knows it, and the topic is dropped. Oh, okay. All right. She okay. tried to tell you.
1: All right. <laughs> I'm, like, I have a feeling time, season
0: two, this is going to come up a little fast. A little
1: fast.
0: Like maybe, let each other finish sentence. I hate, I hate that trope in TV shows where people don't get to finish their sentence and so there's a miscommunication. No, no, no. Finish what you were saying. No, please
1: continue saying what you were going to say. It's
0: like, it's such a lazy way to have like a fight or a problem in a show. Like just let them finish what you were saying and come up with a more creative thing to be the problem yeah. in this episode. And then we join Eddie... Walking down the street with a tool in his hand, wielded like a weapon, he goes into the alibi looking for Frank. And Kev says, Frank is not here. And Eddie says that Frank is a fucking dead man. And he announces to the whole bar, You fucked the wrong guy's daughter, Gallagher. And he leaves. And of course, Frank. <laughs> Frank-
1: yep, Frank's hiding under the bar. <laughs> Frank is
0: under the bar, right next to Kev's legs. And Kev immediately looks uh, regretful for covering for him because, what the yeah. fuck did that man just say?
1: That's- that he just covered for Frank in that sense
0: we go back to the gallagher house fiona is walking through the dark house and steve jumps out of the dark and asks if the boys are home and fiona slaps him (laughs) good good for her steve says he has to leave town and he wants fiona to come with him he says the kids will be all right you know the kids whose mom just abandoned them for the second time a few days ago yeah the kids will be all right Lip and Ian can take care of them. You know, the two boys that aren't adults yet?
1: You know, you mean the two kids who just got arrested for uh, using your stolen car?
0: Yeah. Two boys that are still minors. Lip and Ian can take care of them. And Kevin V can help because they don't have enough going on in their lives.
1: Yeah, because Kevin V can just, like, drop everything, uh, ignore their foster kid, and take care of five other kids. Yeah, Definitely.
0: sure. And Fiona correctly guesses that he will go to jail if he doesn't leave town. She's like, oh, what happened? Did someone say you have to leave town? Or you're going to go to prison? She, she, right on the money. Thanks, Fiona. And Steve fucking begs Fiona to come away with him and says Fiona deserves to do something for herself. And he gives her a first class ticket and tells her to meet him at the airport tomorrow and gives her a long, hard, passionate kiss because they're chemistry. Uh, I love
1: them. I,
0: I love Steve begging. I love Steve on a tear. I love Steve's speeches. I like, it's, and the, just the the chemistry bubbling between the two of them every time oh it's so good i love them and steve tells her to meet him tomorrow at the airport and he leaves the house and he leaves the house and we see lip has come down the stairs and heard lip heard pretty much all of that mhm and he tells he tells fiona to leave said fiona's done more than enough and that be all like right
1: the fact that he was just like yeah go for it like damn lip <laughs>
0: he's like he he's ready to take on the responsibility he's like you, you have done more than enough like may, maybe you should go do something its I think it's the guilt of just having caused her so much grief too he wants to mm-hmm. take something off her shoulders
1: yeah and
0: like he she seemed genuinely happy with Steve and I think he saw that but we leave that scene of Fiona contemplating her choices and then we join Frank outside in the snow hearing Eddie call his name in the darkness <laughs> And then over to Eddie's job the next morning. So I guess he's given up the Frank search because he's got a shift. Yeah. He goes over to work the next morning. He gets to work and discover all of his co-workers watching the video of Karen and Frank. So watching the child oh. porn. The child porn. Just so we're clear. Like, he porn.
1: walks into, like, like, one of, like, the... Like, I guess, like, one of, like, the offices or whatever. And it's just, like... So many guys surrounded by a computer watching that. And, like, my heart, like, hurt so bad in that scenario. Because, like, as much as I hate Eddie, like, you, I would never want anyone to have to be in that position. And let alone have to go through that and see other people seeing that and stuff like that. Like, this, I do feel for Eddie in this, like, this circumstance.
0: It's So, yeah. So he, that happens and he just turns around and leaves. He just leaves work. And we cut from that to Lip exiting the cash and grab, thankfully, with no cash. Uh, Good, we don't want him. He's just leaving. And running over to the L, and a guy, I guess he knows from school or whatever, walks by him laughing and says, Hey, when you and Frank are done passing Karen around, you should send her my way. My little brother needs to pop his cherry. His little brother, who's like maybe eight years old, needs to pop his cherry. And so Lip's like, what the actual fuck are you talking about? And runs home. Because the guy said the words daddy's girl.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He runs home. He jumps on his computer to figure out what the fuck daddy's girl is. And there's actually kind of a great scene of, like, their house has such bad Wi-Fi. He's, like, lifting the laptop up to get better signal.
1: He's <laughs> I <good>. love them.
0: <laughs> and he sees the website. And he sees what happened. And, uh,
1: Uh-oh. Here comes rage-filled lip.
0: Yeah, so we cut from that. Karen is coming out of her front door in her black hair and her chain and her black jacket and she's
1: Yeah, she's wearing like pockets. this like peacoat or whatever.
0: Yeah. Karen comes out of her front door and Lip is behind a pillar that holds up the L waiting for her and he jumps out from behind the pillar and confronts her about Frank. You fucked Frank? And she doesn't acknowledge him and keeps she walking. Walks away. And leaves him there just steaming. Again, Jeremy Allen White being angry. Yes. Yes! <laughs> it's so good! It's so good. Back to the Gallaghers. Fiona is venting to V, and V's like, Costa Rica sounds amazing. And uh, that job that Jasmine offered you sounds fucking boring. And She, she right. <laughs> v does not want to share her friend. She doesn't want to do it. And uh, you know what? She has every right not to. And then V asks what Fiona's afraid of if she leaves. Will the kids forget her? Or that if she does something for herself, the world will stop spinning? and i agree with you wanting your best friend to like practice some self care mm-hmm. but maybe abandoning the family that she's responsible for is like not the move maybe that's not Yeah,
1: the maybe not the best idea especially the circumstances that have happened to this family only within the year <laughs>
0: yeah ju- just a thought uh, like i get i i understand where you're coming from but like in practice it's not the most practical
1: yeah uh uh-uh.
0: v says or fiona says she might be in love with Steve and she's freaking the fuck out about it but V is there because V will always be there and V's just there to listen to her and, and and just she's like yeah no, I see that you're in love with this man. Sucks doesn't it? Because it, she knows what it's like to fall in love with a person. I'm sure when she fell in love with Kev it was fucking scary and terrifying. Yeah. But it's really it's a, it's a nice best friend moment. It's really good. There's a lot of individual great moments with a lot of the relationships in this episode. Like, V V and Fiona, and Lip and Ian, and Lip and Fiona, and Ian and Fiona, and Fiona and Debbie. Like, there's a lot of really good moments. Carl is there. And (laughs) Lip and Liam exists, I guess. So we go to Lip sees Frank walking down the street. Lip is in a car that he hotwired and stole, and straight up tries to run Frank over with a car. Good. (laughs) Good. He like he, chases,
1: he missed. He, try harder.
0: He chases him down the street and tries to run him the fuck over. It's so good. Because then he gets out and beats Frank to a bloody fucking pulp. Good. Until, I guess this was in front of their houses or near the- out. I don't know, Kev is there. Kev pulls Lip off of him. And we cut over later after that to Frank on Sheila's couch. And he's telling her that Lip beat him up because Lip wanted money. And Sheila is so sympathetic- and kind, because she doesn't know that what what kind of a man Frank is. And she's like, oh, he beat you up because he wanted money? They're so mean, to you. And Karen overhears this and knows why the fuck Lip beat the ever loving shit out of Frank. And Frank tells Sheila, you know, when it's all said and done, you're the only one who is nice to me. You're really nice to me.
1: Like, wh- <laughs> shut up. <laughs>
0: Like, she doesn't know who you are. That's why she's she nice doesn't, to you. You're a
1: fake-ass bitch, and Sheila only knows what you do or say inside the household. Like, uh, Sheila, you're too nice.
0: And then we do a fun musical transition to a frozen lake. Uh, Eddie pulls up. Eddie is Karen's dad. I know I've been calling him Karen's dad all season, but, like, he can have a, a name for this scene. Eddie pulls up with a chainsaw, walks over to a little ice fishing shack. He had said earlier uh. in the episode he was going to go ice fishing. So there's a, little, there's a little hole in the ice, like for ice fishing, when he takes the chainsaw and opens the hole up more, ties a cinder block to his foot and jumps in.
1: <laughs> the way that scene just happens, and then it just, that's it. Like, walks in, ties a cinder block around, like, rope around a cinder block around his legs, holds a cinder block, and just jumps. Like, Like, I was speechless speechless I was just like alright then thanks so much for Shameless desensitizing me to everything else in my life for the next eight years after watching this season yeah
0: that's a wrap <laughs> on that's, Eddie
1: and that's Eddie for you. <laughs> and that's, then a, that's Eddie's storyline It's
0: a wrap on Eddie uh, we go from that from a man t- jumping to his death into an icy cold lake uh, to Lip walking home in the snow and then Karen is sitting on his porch waiting for him and we just get like a quick second of that. And then we go inside. And Fiona puts Liam down for a nap. So that's Liam's existence for this episode. And then she takes out a suitcase and starts packing.
1: Ooh, queen, what you doing?
0: And then we go over. Lip and Karen have traveled. They're sitting somewhere on a rooftop. I don't know. I get. I guess the same place that they sat to watch like the L tracks go over them or something. I don't know. They're sitting somewhere and they're talking. And Karen apologizes. And they bond over their shitty, awful fathers. And they snuggle up and they stare at the view. And it's actually very touching and nice. And reminds me why I sort of loved Lip and Karen. Like, they had moments. It was, like, true. It was a a high school sweetheart, like, first love thing. Uh, But, yeah, we go over from that to the L where Fiona is standing as a train pulls up. We... Fiona and Steve love their dramatic standing on the platform of the L moments. Fiona is standing as a train pulls up and then we go to the airport and we see Steve waiting in an airport lobby watching happy couples all around him walking around the airport terminal. And he like is looking around waiting, hoping Fiona's going to show up. He's like, where is she? (laughs) And in the meantime, Frank walks up to the Gallagher house, like calling Lip's name from down the street. And he's like standing in the, in the yard yelling up to Lip's window and apologizes and calls himself an asshole and says the Karen thing was his fault. And he goes on a rambling rant that ends up with him and Lip. So first of all, he's saying it's my fault. But then at the end of the rant, him and Lip are both the victims here.
1: Yeah, both it, of them are.
0: It's the opposite of the way Karen I thought. Karen
1: done fucked up.
0: It's the opposite of the way I thought this episode. I started thinking it was a victim and now I hate him. And yeah, he's and I like, don't
1: care anything it's my him. fault,
0: but I'm a victim. It's a whole thing. And he begs Lip to open the window. And so Lip opens the window and Frank asks, how can you ever really say he's sorry? And Lip responds by undoing his fly and peeing out the window. And at, fr- at first, Frank like steps away from the stream and then Frank just sort of gives up. And he's like, this is my penance and steps into it and lets Lip just pee on him. From from the from the window,
1: <laughs> he just lets it happen. I it's disgusting, but like thank you, Lip.
0: It is kind of great justice. Frank nods, like you know what? Fair enough. Like just accepts it. It's weird. For, I I cannot vibe check Frank in this episode. I don't know what his vibe is in this episode. It's it's all over the place. It's really weird. Uh, so then, when he's done, Lip just closes the window, and Frank walks away into the night.
1: Yeah, he just is like, all right.
0: So we go back to the L platform where Fiona is still sta- How long was that train there? Fiona is yeah, standing. Yeah, the girl
1: just be standing.
0: Standing, contemplating. And the train is there and it's it's about to leave. And we cut back to Steve in the airport. He sees a woman he thinks is Fiona and like picks her up and hugs her from behind. But it is not Fiona. and That is awkward.
1: Yep. You, you messed up.
0: <laughs> and then we figure out it's not Fiona, because Fiona did not get on the train. And, oh, God, the train moments. So Steve realizes she isn't coming, and he gets on the escalator, and he's going to get on the plane. And is it Is that the last we're going to see of Steve, question mark? No, no, it's not. Um, it is not. We promise. The chemistry was too good. The relationship was too good. We promise you he, he comes back. Uh, sorry to ruin any cliffhangers, but he comes back. And we follow Fiona, because she did not only not get on the train, she went to Jasmine's office to learn about the job that Jasmine offered her. And we see her walk in, and Jasmine welcomes her into the office. The camera goes out to the street, and we cut to credits.
1: And that's the season finale.
0: That's the season finale of season one.
1: Damn, so much happened within, like, the last five minutes that you just have to be like, oh, okay. Thanks, season one.
0: Yeah. Thoughts? What did you think of the episode? What did you think of the season?
1: I I personally feel like this season had a lot more of, like, emotional, like, scenes than anything. Um, Like, I feel like it touched on more, like, really, really touchy subjects than they have in the other episodes. Like, obviously, we've dealt with other shit, but I feel like, obviously, like, the st- the Karen-Frank line, like, storyline, then the Lip and Karen line, and then, like, basically, like, anything centric around Cam- uh karen and then all of like fiona's emotional things and then you have the whole steve storyline like i feel like it doesn't feel like it was rushed but it also just feels like a lot was fit into the last episode but almost handled in a i don't know how to describe it but handled in a way that like you feel satisfied but you're also like oh shit what's gonna happen next season
0: yeah and like Except for the fact that he was in prison with Lip. It did feel like Ian's storyline ended last season, at last episode. Like Ian, Yeah, or like, and we, he
1: was just kind of the add-on for Lip's, like, whole moment.
0: Yeah, and we discussed this in the first episode. There's very little Carl. I think probably, for time's sake, for storyline's sake, the fact that he's nine-year-olds and there's not much to do, and just to not have a small child on set for as long as they need a small child on set for. To have as few children on set at any one time as possible, probably. Like, Debbie was in this episode a lot, but not, like, a lot, a lot. Uh, But, yeah, I think this episode had a good balance, even though some of the storyline was Frank's storyline. It had a good balance of storylines and, like, knowing what they needed to tell and what they didn't. Like, Ethel was there, and we're reminded that the Ethel thing is happening.
1: Thank God they told us
0: Ethel was still there. (laughs) Yeah, but we didn't need a whole, like, moment with Kevin V and Ethel. Like, we know that that is tangentially happening over on the left, and we'll, we'll circle back in season two for that whole thing. You know, a lot of shows where you're like, I really want you to get into the show, get through the first season. This is not one of those. The first season is one of the best. Yeah. Like, true. It is one, two, three, four, five is five, the first half of five.
1: Yeah, the first half of five. (laughs) Yeah,
0: the first half, most of five except the last 20 minutes of the last episode. Fantastic. Fantastic. It's like one, two, three, four, five, whoop, and then 10. So,
1: (laughs) then 10. Maybe, no, okay, like one episode in season nine and then season ten.
0: Yeah, true. Yes, yeah. Oh, a couple episodes <laughs> in season seven. It it, di- mm. it It spikes. A couple episodes in season seven. A we, season we, eight, we, we... who is she? We don't know her. We don't know her. We don't know who Literally, season eight is.
1: <laughs> the fact that, like, so much happens in each season, but there's so many standalone moments that are so pinpointed throughout the series that it's just as, like all right, now I guess I have to watch three and a half seasons just to get to this point.
0: <laughs> yeah, but like I said, like, some shows, like, even the greatest shows, like Parks and Rec, it's like, just bear through the first season. Yeah, the and first, first season is, good. like,
1: it's a little rough because, like, I feel like a lot of shows that start off which are, like, original concepts have a little harder time trying to pick up, but I think Shameless was, had a good road paved for them because of the... UK version already so they had an ideal of what like kept the show going or like what made it so like people drawn to it so i feel like that they did really well with season 1 because obviously it got people like hooked being like oh damn because like it wasn't like a constant and it wasn't like repetitive and it wasn't like you definitely had those characters you hate but it was made in a sense that like you know why these characters are this way instead of it just being like a Parks and Rec type of vibe when it's like almost like office like vibes in a sense, like the office vibes, like how it's like and this and that and we're all giddy and here's my life. When Shameless is like, these people are depressed, they're alcoholics, they're addicts, they have a lot of emotional trauma, they live in a not good area, they aren't put through the best thing, so people are like,
0: yes. (laughs) I feel the same way about season one of Shameless that I do about season one of Queer as Folk. It's like, well, here's a bunch of trauma and some good parts. Uh, do with that what you will. We're gonna keep chugging for a few years. Like it's, and it like right off the bat was like, it's it's the season I return to most often, obviously, because before I rewatched every se- every new season that came out. I was like, let me do a quick rewatch of season one. But yeah, I see. I season one is super strong. And the winter seasons are always really strong. I think the winter seasons like is where they thrive. Which the fact that the last season's going to be a winter season just gives me all the serotonin I love it so uh, much.
1: I'm so excited. Like I feel like uh like in, I don't know why but like cold winter vibes just add layers to <laughs> like <laughs> uh adds layers to like maybe not just a scene but like almost the plot because it like I feel like cuz like when you think winter and stuff like yeah haha hee hee holidays but you think about like the cold and the dark and the grim in a sense so like it like I don't know I really like like winter centric things like cuz I like I love the holidays but like I don't give a shit about like Christmas time and that I like the the atmosphere of it
0: so I'm I'm super excited for season 2 I like cuz summer's fun the summer sh- the summer shit is fun yeah, I really liked season one and I really liked doing this. And this was so great. uh,
1: Thank you so much for asking me to come on and join you for this because I would have never thought how fun and entertaining this would have been. And the fact that we also get to spend time and talk about the show together and also have so many listeners from all over get to enjoy this with us. And we have the opportunity to share this stuff with you guys. And like, uh, it's such an honor, and it's also just so goddamn fun. <laughs> all over the
0: world! We have a listener in Ireland and a listener in Belgium.
1: Shout out to those people, first of all. <laughs>
0: yeah, like, if, who, if you guys follow us on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, like, p- interact, please let us know. Uh, we love that. We love that people in other countries are listening to our, to our podcast. It's so fucking cool. Um, uh,
1: it's amazing.
0: But yeah, if you guys have any suggestions of, like, things you want us to touch on in Season 2... Or, or things you want to know, like I don't know, fun trivial facts you have about the show, or just little little things you want to contribute, or if you want us to plug your fan videos, or plug your Twitters, or plug your fan fictions. I fucking the the Anna Mickey fan fiction is like off the fucking charts. I people making I, whole ass I did, novels.
1: <laughs> I I when I was really in the Galovich I. I saw Galovich more as, like, a comfort thing, so I didn't read that many fan fictions, but there were a few that I I did read. Sexual harassment in the workplace? That...
0: ah,
1: Amanda! (laughs) That was the the one you suggested that I I know I for a fact read. And um Amanda, I can't even start talking about that (laughs) fan (laughs) fiction. That fan fiction is so goddamn good! The big one right now...
0: the big one right now is like real people do. And like, mm-hmm. I haven't, I haven't read it yet. Like the sexual harassment in the workplace one. I'm like, ah!
1: So like the fanfiction that I read, I like, I really liked a lot of the scenarios that were still like shameless centric kind of things. Like not like I wasn't like reading a shameless episode, but harassment in the workplace.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh mm-hmm. Mwah, chef's kiss <laughs> yeah
0: and like though even the ones i write i write like gap fill. like when we when i watch an episode and ian and mickey were in three of the 54 minutes i'll go in and be like oh i wonder what they were doing in between
1: it's like a rewrite like i used to write i used to i can't write because i'm dyslexic but i used to read so many like episode rewrites or like like concept rewrites and i'm like i love that <laughs>
0: yeah but yeah if you guys have <laughs> fan fictions you want to plug or fan videos you want to plug or any fucking let us know this please. is this
1: is a shameless safe place. <laughs> we want
0: we want to hear from you guys. If you guys want to like record a voice memo and email it to us, do it. Do please it do. because our email is luckwehadpod at gmail.com. Our Instagram is luckwehadpod on Instagram. Our Twitter is at luckwehadpod. And our the link to our website that our lovely co-host evan design is in the bios of our instagram and our twitter and it has everywhere that you can listen to the show spotify stitcher apple podcast soundcloud you can listen to us on all the places you can rate us you can review us let us know what you like let us know you can email us and let us know what you don't like and uh if you want to have evan read more episodes if you're tired of hearing (laughs) my voice please do it uh, I'm if, just, like, sick, it's hard for me to read notes. <laughs> if you know of, like, someone on Stan Twitter that you think would be a great guest on this show, at them. At them on our Twitter and we, let us know. We
1: want more people involved. We want to hear it. Because there's a point where me and Amanda can get so tired of hearing ourselves talk.
0: Literally, like, de- I would love that. If someone on Stan Twitter, like, someone that I follow, w- would be a guest on the show. Like, if you guys have a suggestion of somebody you think w- would be down for it, Uh, let us know and I will DM them and I will, and I will try to figure it out. Like that would be fucking rad Uh, because like I said, we have to have Lena back because having another shameless Stan is like the best thing to have on this show. Like it's, it's so good. And I'm so, I'm so happy that we wrapped the first season. I'm so happy to be here. We are going to take a few weeks uh, to try and record as many episodes of season two as we possibly can. And yes. our goal is to start posting again in October and keep up with our Instagram to see more updates on yes, that. Yes, yes, We're going to try to be posting once a week again and we're going to, uh, we're going to, we're going to do our best. It's quarantine Who knows? It was lovely spending the season with you. Evan, where it's can they amazing. follow you?
1: Uh, you can find me on Instagram at I wanna die 4000 as well as TikTok. Um, and then if you do want to follow me on Twitter or message me, uh, go ahead and follow me on Internet Life Yo. We don't talk about my username because I made it in middle school. And Amanda, where can they find you? They
0: can find me on Instagram on at AbnormalAmanda18, on Twitter at AbnormalAmanda. And like I said, you can find the show at LuckWeHadPod on Instagram and Twitter. And you can email us on LuckWeHadPod at gmail.com.
1: And you can find all those links on our website, and you can find those website in the bios of all of our accounts.
0: So that's the season, everybody. And until Uh, next time, whenever we see you again, thank you again and goodbye.
1: Thank you so much. Have a wonderful night, everyone. And thank you so much for joining us for the first season of The Luck We Had.
0: Yay! Goodbye, everybody. Bye, 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 bye.